one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash Am I the Butthole? I don't know why I sang that. If you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too. It all really helps out our channel. And just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. And I do have a little bit more waffle today because YouTube over the last couple of days has been really messing up with stats and, and various other things as well. It's been going crazy. As you saw on Sunday, the members video got posted, which shouldn't have happened, but did. It was marked as a members video on my side, but got posted anyway. If you did get to enjoy it, fair play to you. And I was blown away to see a bunch of members join yesterday. I'm not sure if this is like backed up members or not, but apparently they all come through yesterday. So I'll start off quickly with K's Cage Slip. CNC, Alina, Katie Fleming, Big Bread Boy, Beth, Luca A, Upgraded from Sandy Gardner, and Sean Hartzell. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I blown away is <laughs> an understatement. Thank you so much. And let's crack on with today's stories, you bloody spicy so-and-sos. <laughs> much love, guys. And today we're going to be starting with a story with an update on it. I'm pretty sure we covered this story in the past and I'm never sure if I should like just reread the stories or not. So if you have heard this story, feel free to skip straight to the update again. Timestamps are in the description below. But this story is called Am I the Arsehole for checking my blood sugar at my desk when my coworker has a severe blood phobia? And again, an update will follow after this. I, 24 male, enjoy my job and have two co-workers, Megan, 25 female, and our new co-worker James, 23 male, who just started. The three of us each have our own office space, but because we have to frequently collaborate on work throughout the day, we are often at each other's desks. I am a type 1 diabetic. I give insulin and check my blood sugar throughout the day as needed. I give my insulin through a pump, so that's not an issue. Checking my blood sugar involves pricking my finger to draw a drop of blood. The blood gets sucked up into a test strip that is connected into a glucose meter, and the meter displays the reading. The whole process takes like 10 seconds. I was checking my blood sugar in my office when James walked over. Immediately, his face went white. He looked like he was about to puke or faint or maybe both. I was like, dude, are you okay? He told me he has a major blood and needle phobia and gets therapy for it. I explained what I was doing and why it was necessary and he said it's freaky that I have to make myself bleed multiple times a day. He told me he never wants to accidentally walk in on me checking my blood sugar again because he could pass out. I said that if I'm checking my blood sugar and hear him coming over, I can just call out like, give me a sec. He said that won't work. Just knowing that I'm doing that before he comes over is enough for him to freak out and that he would be stressed and that I might not hear him walking over. He told me I should check it in the bathroom from now on. I told him I don't think I should have to and that's unsanitary. He said another option was if I only check my blood sugar at certain times, say 9am, 12pm before eating lunch and 4pm. That way, he'd know when to avoid me. I said these things can't always be predicted. I'll need to check if I feel my blood sugar going high or low. He said he understands that I have diabetes but that he also has a special need. 
his blood phobia that needs to be accommodated and that he doesn't want to have to avoid me at work and only talk to Megan for fear of seeing me check in again. He said he'll talk to HR about this and that he'll tell them that I refuse to compromise with him. That was last Thursday before the holidays. Tomorrow, I'm thinking of going to HR before James does, but I need to know that I'm in the right here. So am I the arsehole for not being more accommodating of James' blood slash needle phobia and checking my sugar as needed at my desk? And we'll cover three of the comments just so you got a gist of what the comments was like before we go to the update. And the first comment was from a deleted user now. Oh, poor special little James. Tell him, don't ask him that next time you need to prick your finger, you will give him a heads up so he can look the other way. His phobia takes second place to your life-threatening illness. And Herd of Chaos says, not the arsehole, definitely talk to HR. I shared an office with two other people, one of which had type 1 diabetes. She had a pump and continuous glucose monitor, so she really had to check her blood sugar manually. But like, I couldn't imagine ever butting in and asking her to change her routine because I was uncomfortable. Because one, I wasn't, and two, holy fucking hell, how rude. You can't help having type 1 diabetes. Keep doing what you are doing. And one more from Snoo Avocado saying, I think it's safe to say his therapy is obviously not working. If anything, you should be concerned about workplace harassment. How often is he planning on or needs to stop by your office to be in a position to see anything? Does this mean he won't be getting the COVID shot or flu shots? This guy is a walking germ factory. Anyway, passing out from fear does not compare to passing out for medical reasons. That was just so you got like a, a little feel of where the comments were going. And as you can see, it's a lot of not the arsehole there. And it, it pretty much continues down that path. So now we're going to move on to the update to see what that says. I'm really glad I posted. It gave me the reassurance that I needed that I was doing the right thing going to HR. I took your guys' advice on how to approach the conversation with HR. I said that me and my coworker are having a conflicting medical need and I need to use advice on a solution that would work for both of us. The HR lady said I have every right to continue to test my blood sugar in my office. When I told her that James suggested I test only at specific times of day, her eyes got really big and she was like, no, do not test your blood sugar on a schedule suggested to you by your coworker, only your doctor. Later, HR spoke to James as well. Here's what we agreed with HR. James is to call me on the phone before coming to my office, as in, hey, can I come ask a question? And I say sure, and ensure I'm not checking my blood sugar at that moment. I cannot test my blood sugar in front of James. I wasn't doing this anyway. If James's phobia symptoms are triggered for whatever reason, he's entitled to a 10-minute break to let his symptoms subside, in addition to normal breaks we all get. The system worked great for a week. One day he called as usual. I said, sure, come over, but then he didn't come over. After about 10 minutes, I actually needed to check my blood sugar, but thought with my luck, he'd walk in at that exact moment I was testing. I ended up calling him back and he said that he got distracted and forgot he had a question for me. A few days later, it happened again. I was a bit annoyed that twice I delayed testing because I thought he was going to be entering my office at any second. Soon after I found out that James had put in his two week notice, he explained that me being diabetic wasn't the only reason why he was quitting. He wanted different hours, etc., but that it did play a role. Later, Megan, our other coworker, told me that James told her he really struggled with me being diabetic. For example, even just thinking, I need to ask a question, but I have to call first to make sure he's not checking his blood sugar was distressing to him because he'd be thinking about it, which will make him feel queasy and anxious. James has quit now. 
Well, I'm relieved that I don't have to feel like a leper at work anymore. I mostly just feel bad for James. It must be awful living with a phobia that severe, and I know he didn't choose to be that way. I hope he continues to see his therapist and can improve. So I guess this doesn't have a happy ending because ultimately we couldn't work it out and he quit. I just find that fascinating the way a phobia can, you know, can affect someone so badly. Just the thought of going into that office and, you know, thinking that they're using a needle and, and things like that. It's just playing mind games with James. And I do feel, I do have an empathy towards James because anyone that's suffering with any severe phobia like that, it must be incredibly hard, right? And for them to actually go through with quitting their job because of it as well. Oh man. And, but yeah, I, I think OP tried everything they could to accommodate the situation. And it's a shame it comes to that in the end. And like they said, it wasn't a happy ending, but wow. And while we was on updates, I thought we'd see if we could find any more updates as well. And there was another update on another story we've done recently, which was called, Am I the Asshole for Announcing My Pregnancy First? And it was a throwaway account on mobile, so sorry in advance. I, 26 female, am married to my DH, 26 male, and have an older sister, 27 female, who I'll call Kay. For some background, Kay was the golden child, but my parents rapidly changed their tune when she failed uni and started a party lifestyle for a bit. No longer the case. Suddenly I was the favourite because I finished school and had a moderately successful life. I think it's BS that my parents have slash had favourites and I largely keep my distance, but there's something that has troubled Kay a lot. So, DH and I recently got pregnant, surprise, and though I keep a healthy distance from my parents, we still talk. Boundaries are really important to have with them because they will trample all over your entire life and privacy. COVID restrictions are a thing and I'm not big on parties anyways. So I have decided to tell my family about the latest news during a monthly family VC last Friday. I was excited to share the news, but I also didn't beat around the bush. Once everyone had done the preliminary catching up, I said DH and I had some news and then said I was pregnant. My parents, sisters and grandmother lost it, screaming and laughing and crying in joy. This is the first grandchild slash great grandchild slash niece or nephew, so they understandably had pretty dramatic reactions. Everyone is excited except for Kay, who stayed completely silent the entire time. Once things had calmed down for a bit, I asked if Kay was still there, and she said yes, but she had to go and deal with something. I thought it was odd, but didn't give it much further thought. Later, I got a text from Kay saying that she was going to make a pregnancy announcement then too, but that I had ruined it. I should have asked her specifically before making the announcement because she, as firstborn, should have been the one to have the first grandchild. That my child would get all the attention and love and hers would be second rate. I sent her a text saying I had no clue she was pregnant and congratulating her, and that I was sorry she didn't get to make the announcement when she wanted to. I then possibly, quite stupidly, asked her when her due date was. Kay said, don't worry, you're first, and not answered anything since. So Reddit, am I the arsehole? And I remember this one from a few days back because I got a bit of flack for it from one of my thoughts on it. But I still stand by that. A lot of the comments in this one were saying, you know, definitely not the arsehole. How could you know she was pregnant? She didn't tell you. You don't ask people that they're pregnant and all that sort of stuff. And I totally agree with that. There's no way... There's no way you could have known she was pregnant. So you're totally right in doing what you did. Absolutely, 100%. OP was not the asshole in this situation. But I did come from a different standpoint as well, saying that I did feel sorry for sister, or at least had empathy towards her because, you know, she was the favorite in the family. And 
And I did say like the parents were the assholes in the situation to me anyway, because they're the ones that's playing favorites. They're the one that's created this dynamic between two sisters, which I think is incredibly sad. Obviously, OP doesn't play a part in this and then they don't get involved in this favorite stuff. But other sisters been sucked into this and, you know, she was always looked at as like the golden child, but then she got into a party lifestyle and then she was looked down upon and the other sister became the favorite. So the parents are definitely the assholes in the situation. And I feel sorry that I had empathy towards a sister that she'd been sort of like sucked into this this toxic dynamic where she has to compete with her sister and they have to compete with each other. And I just felt sorry. And some people didn't like that I said that. <laughs> but I still stand by it. Like, I think this is more down to the parents than anyone. Sure, this, this girl is an adult, but she's been manipulated into having this sort of toxic mentality of trying to be the favorite all the time. But Opie was definitely not the asshole. And we'll move on to the update to see what that says. First things first, I want to thank each and every one of you who commented, voted and gave their feedback and advice. The outpouring of support was both shocking and overwhelmingly touching. Yours compassion was amazing. Thank you all for taking the time. Now on to the update. Sorry it took so long. Kay took a bit to respond to me. So I waited about a day and then sent Kay a long message essentially saying that I knew she was hurting right now, but that we needed to band together for our kids that our parents did wrong by all us kids and that we needed to stop the cycle then and there. But we could only do that if we worked together. Corny, I know, but it needed saying. I then finished off by asking her to call me when she had time. Well, she called me after a couple of days and the first thing she did was apologize. Some of you guessed that she had built this up in her head as a band-aid for her relationship with the family. And you were right. I know some people think she was lying about being pregnant, but she was really crying on the phone and full of remorse. She said she was furious initially and then she was sad. We used to be really close before my parents started pitting us against each other and she realized that our kids could grow up that close to one another and not resent each other. And she felt guilty for being so greedy. She said she was also afraid because she's not financially well off as I am and as a result was slash is afraid of her baby's quality of life and knew that the golden child would want for nothing. We agreed to take steps to make sure boundaries are enforced and mutual on both our ends and she agreed to get back to therapy with the potential of a group session in the future. I'm going to be proactive with my parents in making sure things are fair and I'm reaching out to a friend of mine whose youngest no longer needs their baby supplies and see if she's willing to donate them to Kay or sell for cheap, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not holding my breath too much because actions speak louder than words, but I'm cautiously optimistic for the future. Also, apparently she's seven weeks along now and I'm 12 weeks, so the kids will be super close together. And a potentially happy ending there, I would say. I mean, if it does continue to work in that and they, the sisters continue to work together, it could be a really good relationship for with both them and their kids. It would be absolutely fantastic. And as well as talking to her friend about the baby clothes, she could maybe go to Facebook. There's loads of Facebook groups that I've seen anyway full of baby stuff that they're giving it away for free to pass on because you know babies are enclosed for like a couple of weeks and they're onto their next age group and stuff like that and they obviously grow so fast so i think there's lots of other mums willing to help each other and i see that on facebook and that's one of the, the very few positive things i see on facebook and i think that's fantastic but we move on to the next story and seeing as we're on stories with updates, I found this one as well from Oi Bray, and it does follow with an update, obviously. Am I the asshole for impersonating Arnold Schwarzenegger? 
Some background, we are three Caucasian ladies in our late 20s, early 30s. We were co-workers at one point. We got along and hung outside of work occasionally, but we're not BBFs. Is it BFFs or? Been a while since our last get together. We've all got separate lives and small detail, the whole world shut down for a year. Note, we all take precautions and we're not breaking any state mandates. I don't think I'm an asshole for getting together with two other individuals at my house in a low risk area, but I guess you can let me know. I'm literally asking the internet, Reddit of all places, to judge me. So now is your time to shine, strangers. <laughs> so friends, A, B, and I realize that we all have Friday off. Let's get together for cocktails and a slumber party at my place tonight. Delicious plus no drunk driving. A few drinks in, we're all trying to make each other laugh by playing each other throwback songs. At one point, friend A started acting like, like Dolly Tequila Parton, and I eventually gave myself the role of Arnold Vodka Schwarzenegger. The rationale went from singing 9 to 5 Dolly Parton to A. Has anyone seen Unlikely Angel? Me. I said, haha, remember Jingle All The Way, and other stupid stuff that only makes sense with alcohol. A is doing her best Dolly impression, and I'm doing an Arnold voice for at least half a cocktail and definitely the entirety of getting jiggy with it, and my heart would go on, so more than 10 minutes. B wasn't really laughing, but I didn't pay too much attention. I don't have to be sober to admit that I'm not a comedian. For reference, go back and, re and read everything in this post so far. B went to bed first, A called it about 30 minutes later. I'm still in the kitchen picking up when B comes back to talk. She made it clear that it was entirely inappropriate to imitate Mr. Schwarzenegger. I was flabbergasted. At first, I was completely downplaying it like, come on, Madam Perfection, we're not allowed to do voices of famous people in the privacy of our own home bars anymore. But then she asked me, would I feel comfortable doing a Jackie Chan voice all night long? Honestly, no. That feels weird to me and I don't want to do that voice even in passing. So she asked to know why it's cool to act like one immigrant with a noticeable accent but not another. I apologized, said I didn't mean to offend and that I probably need to sleep and we can talk about it more in the morning. That was not good enough answer for her though. Now it's almost 2am, I'm still a little tipsy and I don't know to think but I can't sleep because I feel like absolute garbage. I don't think acting like the Terminator makes me an asshole, but maybe it should. Please tell me, I'm not going to argue judgment. I may laugh at the silliest of stuff, but I'm not going to dig my heels in over something that is offensive. Am I the asshole here? And there wasn't too many comments on this one, and it did give me sort of thought because I often like doing an Arnie impression, and I have to read the comments and stuff. And I'm a big fan, I love doing me an Arnie impression when I get the chance to do it, because, you know. Who doesn't love to do an Arnie impression? He's so great. But Ellie B says, not the arsehole. I'll take a stab at explaining why Jackie Chan feels wrong, but Arnold accent would be okay. Well, you're not as the same background as Arnold. You're both of the same race. A white Austrian man, while still an immigrant, checks two of the biggest privileges boxes in the country. While I'm certain his accent has given him some disadvantages, as a status as an immigrant, he's overwhelmingly in the privileged class in the US. There is also no history of oppressing Austrian people in this country. However, the US does have a complicated history with Asian immigrants, from wars to internment camps to abuse of Asian labor. Some 20K Chinese laborers died building the transcontinental railroad. You, as a white woman, imitating a man from Hong Kong would be the same as punching down. That is, making fun of someone who is at a societal disadvantage compared to you. Now it gets trickier because Jackie Chan is a rich worldwide movie star, but based only upon race and skin color, you'd be in the privileged party. 
Imitating Arnold would be punching up. Not that you were even making fun of either party, but mimicking a unique accent. It's just that a Chinese accent has a storied history in this country, and an Austrian accent, not so much. ETA, I haven't even touched the history of white people mimicking Asian accents in movies and playing those characters as problematic stereotypes. Austrian characters have not been given that same treatment in American cinema. And now the update says, I was still drunk slash upset when I posted this, but some of the answers did help me process my thoughts at night. It's weird rereading and I can totally tell I was tipsy by my writing. The next day I went to B to apologize again if I was weird. Apologizing is a habit instilled in me. I guess I thought we'd both say sorry and laugh it off. Instead, I found that she was still bothered by my comments, more than the night before. She kept saying that she was surprised I would do that and stand behind it. But here's the thing, I wasn't standing behind it. Maybe I was downplaying it at first, but I was apologizing profusely as soon as I knew she was still offended by my impression. I kept asking if she could explain to me what exactly was so shitty about my behavior so I could learn from it. She brought up Jackie Chan again, so I asked if that wasn't different because of the history of negative connotations with a marginalized community. It made her furious, which made me feel awful. Ultimately though, I couldn't even get more of an explanation out of her. Every other comment was, I just can't believe you would do that, or it's obvious why that's wrong. We just chatted a few more times after, but I was the one initiating and she just wasn't interested. Not interested in explaining further and also not in moving past it or talking about other things. It sucked and made me wonder again if I was the arsehole. After all, she's the one who knows the situation in real life. Plus, I believe it's not any single person's job to fix anyone else, me, from being a bigot, a racist, or an arsehole. The clarity comes by way of new friendship. Now that things are opened up more, it's given me a chance to spend time with someone I got to know online. We've gotten significantly closer and had a lot of good conversations. She's even helped to process stuff with B. After hanging out this weekend, I left feeling great and something dawned on me. This is the first new person I've made a real connection with in over a year. 2020 was an intensely unique time, personally, politically, and socially. I've changed a lot in this year. I've stalked B's Insta and I've realized she's probably been changing a lot too. Even though we weren't BFFs to begin with, I think we've all been clinging to pre-pandemic relationships. Talking it through with this new pal, also with friend A that night, I'm realizing that B has most likely moved on. A lot of us are tired from division. She probably isn't feeling fulfilled by whatever I brought into her life anymore, and that's okay. If she wants to hit me up again or talk through my stupid impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger, she can. I'm here. In the meantime, we can keep discovering who we are on this side of COVID. And interestingly, on the update, um, people were given almost different verdicts from what the original post was. The original post was very much like not the arsehole. But coming to this update, a lot of people were saying, you should just leave her alone after that. Everyone sucks here. Then someone said, sheesh, you're the arsehole. Leave people alone. And another one says, you're the arsehole. Yes, but nothing that someone could not get over. So it's a change of opinion in those two different posts, which I find kind of strange. But, but what are your opinions on today's stories? What are your verdicts on today's stories? As always, I would love to hear them in the comments below your thought. If you have a moment, of course, if you don't, that's absolutely fine. Thank you for being here. And if you want to support the channel further, you can. But as always, never any pressure to do so by clicking that join button down below for YouTube or clicking the link in the description for Patreon and joining up there. Once again, guys, thank you for your love, your support and your time. And I will see you, I hope so anyway, in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 